From our WFUV studios in the Bronx, New York, it's the Pick and Pot. Drop us a voicemail, 347-903-WFUV. Now, here are your hosts, Kenny Ducey and Kevin Kelly. It was like a remix right there. Start it, and then stop it, and then start it again. It's the Pick and Pod on February 20, 2014. Today is the NBA trade deadline at 3 o'clock, and so why not just stay with you lovely people until that happens? And, you know, a little after. We have Jim Cavan coming up in a few minutes, Kevin Kelly, as you sit across from me. Eric Mall is our producer in the back. I'm really excited for what's going to happen in these next 30 minutes, and really... It was strange this morning because, like, a lot happened in, like, one minute. There were, like, three trades, and then, like, nothing happened, and there were talks, and then Broussard, and then no Broussard. We've got to mention like... that. <laughs> that definitely needs to be talked about at some point in the show. Chris Broussard coming out with a ridiculous rumor that apparently had, you know, no validity whatsoever. But, yeah, it's great to be here, Kenny, our first live podcast here. Fantastic for the pick and pod. And, uh, yeah, really interesting morning. The trades, it was all within, like, ten minutes. There were about three trades that happened, and, uh... I really like the Hawes trade um, for the for the Sixers, but the they're Cavs, just getting all again, the second round. Yeah, picks Yeah, all the right second now. round picks, stacking them up. Zach Lowe had a tweet before about how uh, Sam Hinkie should just you know announce the whole second round there for the for the Sixers. But yeah, I like that trade for the Sixers. But the Cavs, they have no like no direction whatsoever. No, um, and they want to trade. Uh, first of all, Waj uh, Adrian Wojnarowski just tweeted uh, Shumpert's MRI, no tears in the left knee. Only a mildly sprained MCL. So we knew it was a sprained MCL. Now he's reporting it's a mildly sprained MCL. So maybe that puts a deal on the table for the Knicks. Um, but, you know, you're looking at the at that deal and the Cavaliers. And really, it's all coming down to whether or not Luol Deng wants to re-sign with another team. And then if if he gives the go-ahead, if he says, oh, yeah, I'll re-sign with, you know, I don't know, uh, Portland or something like that, mm-hmm. they wouldn't make that or trade. Washington, but yeah. Right. Then they'll go ahead and they might trade uh, Luol Deng, who they just traded picks for, and, and Andrew Bynum. So it's really just an interesting dynamic right now. Yeah, a couple of odd things going on. I just saw also on Twitter that uh, Jordan Crawford is back on the market. After Golden State picked up Steve Blake, they're looking to move Crawford again. That could be interesting. So we're looking at Dang and Crawford, who have already been traded, going to get moved possibly again today. So we have um, a, a lot to talk about with, with the Knicks and the Nets because the Nets already made a trade. The Knicks... Well, they were going to trade Beno Udrick, and then all of a sudden they weren't trading Beno Udrick, and there was the, there were conflicting reports for the first time, maybe uh, of a few times today. I'm not sure, but Mark Stein of ESPN uh, tweeted that you know Denver was going to go ahead with this deal. There was a bidding war for Beno Udrick. Now it, that seems to be over because the Wizards have their point guard in Andre Miller, the Nuggets have their point guard in Aaron Brooks. I mean, is Ben Udrick going to move anywhere at this point? I don't know. I don't think he goes anywhere. Who wants anywhere. Ben Udrick right I just, now? Yeah, I can't believe all that happened because all it leaves is the Knicks with a player who doesn't even want to be here in New York anymore. And what, what are they going to do with him? Nobody. There's no other team really that would really look at him. I mean, everybody, like you said, has gotten their point guard. Right. And first of all, I do love the Aaron Brooks to the Denver Nuggets move because that's a great point card. Not, he's not a great point card, but it's a great option to back up Ty Lawson in Denver. I think that really helps them. Jordan Hamilton was not shooting the three very well whatsoever. He's 5 for 20 in 2014 from the three-point land. Although he has been, look, he's been hustling, rebounding. His defensive numbers are not that great, so I don't know if you're the Knicks or you're a Knicks fan, you're, you're saying, man, we really missed out on Jordan Crawford because he's 23, yeah. He's got some upside, but his defense wasn't spectacular, and his shooting was, was lackluster this year. But you know what? The, the Knicks did miss out on Jordan Hamilton in some way. And now we're going to talk to Jim Cavan at J.P. Cavan of Bleacher Report and ESPN True Hoop to talk more about the Knicks and just everything. Well, he, he has hot 
takes like flapjacks this this afternoon for us, I believe. Hot so flapjack takes. I cannot yeah. wait for some of these takes, Jim. Uh, first off, your hot take on Amon Shumpert not right now going to the Oklahoma City Thunder or anywhere at this point, although he does have a, a mildly sprained MCL. You think you're feeling right now, do you think he gets traded? Uh, no, my instinct tells me no. Um, I think the uh, reputation of the Knicks medical staff is such that a team like the Thunder is probably not going to believe just based on the Knicks' word that it's a mild sprain. And even if it is mild, there are degrees of mild, and it could still keep them out until right before or into the playoffs. And at that point, trying to get him recalibrated into a new offense and, and, and you know assimilated with new teammates is, is going to be a tough road to hoe. So I don't see him going anywhere. And I think, um, you know, a year from now, we'll still have another opportunity if he still hasn't developed to, to try to find a, a taker. But I think this might work out well, you know, assuming Woodson's not going to be back. I think that is the general assumption. Get a new coach in, someone who knows how to work with Shumpert and develop him in the right way, then it could end up being a blessing in disguise. Yeah, and Jim, we were just talking before you came on about Udra and whether he would get moved. We're looking at a lot of teams, and it looks like they've already gotten the point guard they wanted, that backup. Andre Miller going to Washington. Do you see him getting moved before this deadline? What do we got? 24 minutes left? Yeah. Um, and, I mean, word can leak afterwards, you know, as long as the paperwork is filed before 3 p.m. So just because 3 p.m. rolls around doesn't mean it's the last we hear of any trades. But uh, I don't think so. I think the Knicks are going to end up either just based on the fact that these teams really don't want what they're offering or lack of interest in pursuing moves or are probably going to stand pat, and that, that means injury as well. Um you know, he's obviously gone at the end of the season. His experience hasn't been the greatest with the Knicks. Um, his relationship with Woodson has been icy, to say the least. Um, but with Shumpert out and our backcourt increasingly thin, he's probably going to get some minutes over the next few weeks. So maybe he can um, spark something down the stretch that, that helps us claw our way back into the eighth seed. But I don't see him moving as well. Well, Jim, one of the things that I was kind of hoping for, um, just I thought maybe would be wise for the Knicks, is to trade Tyson Chandler after trading away Shumpert and getting some sort of assets for him. Uh, right now, I mean, it doesn't seem like they're going to trade Tyson Chandler and it doesn't really seem like they're going to trade anybody at this point. Do you think, though, it would be wise right now to give away Tyson Chandler, maybe get a couple of second-rounders, uh, some young assets for him? That was the move that I was expecting that they would at least pursue, if not pull off in the end. Uh, it's hard to see Tyson's trade value going anywhere but down from here on forward. He's obviously not having the season um, that we're used to seeing from Tyson Chandler, but he still has value, and he has value for contending teams who are looking for that last piece to kind of put them over the top or put them you know, closer to the top. And we're talking about teams like Oklahoma City, uh, who has Kendrick Perkins, to unload, and Portland, um, who could use a little bit more help up front. Um, so, yeah, that was a move that I was looking for them to make, uh, either for a couple second-rounders or possibly a first-rounder or some combination of a second-rounder and a young asset. Um, but it looks like, again, the Knicks are just going to stamp pad and, and ride the horses that they have and, and hope for the best. And whether or not that's the strategy to appease Mello come the summer is, is hard to say. Uh, he did say over the last couple of days that any trade that the Knicks were thinking about, he wanted to hear about. And to the extent that he said he hadn't heard anything, you have to say, you have to believe that um, 
there's really been no nothing along the lines of serious talks going on. So. Yeah, and Jim, what do you think of the Knicks? Uh, pretty much, they really don't seem like they're willing to part with Tim Hardaway Jr. The Oklahoma City Thunder earlier today expressed interest in Iman Shumpert, according to Chris Broussard. But you could see Oklahoma City, a team with two first-round picks this year, as long as uh, Dallas's top twenty protected ends up going their way. And do you, what do you think of their? You know, just they're not not wanting to go for him. Um, no, because I think part of the reason that they wanted Shumpert was for his ability on the defensive end. You know, he's a slight upgrade over Cephalosha, I think, in terms of offensive dynamism. Um, and I think in that system, he would, he would have worked well. Hardaway is, at this point in his career, an abysmal defender who can shoot the rock, you know, is great at spotting up, particularly from the corner. But they have that in, um, and Jeremy Lamb already, so it would kind of be redundant from my perspective. And if I'm the Knicks, I, I, I you know, unless it's a, a deal you just can't refuse, I'm not looking to trade Tim Hardaway. He works really well with Mello. Mello seems to like him, and if your goal is to convince Mello to stay and build around him one more time, um, Hardaway is the exact kind of player that you want, someone who's already shown um, a real offensive talent, someone who's going to grow as a defender, and someone who is – busting his ass day in and day out trying to get better. Jim, Mark Stein of ESPN tweets, right now we were, we were really speculating on when Shumper would be hurt. Now he says 7 to 10 days it's expected. The Clippers right now are huddling whether or not to say yay or nay to a trade to trade for Amon Shumpert. So, weigh the pros and cons right now for the Los Angeles Clippers trading for Amon Shumpert. Well, I've gone back and forth on this since we first heard about it, what was it, a couple days ago or yesterday? Yeah, I think it was yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yesterday. Yeah, I, th- I think we've all gone back and forth on this. Uh, on the one hand, anything would be a, an upgrade over Felton at this point. On the other hand, giving up Shumper for such an unknown quantity in what is you know in Reggie Bullock and what is essentially a mild upgrade or a minor upgrade, I should say, in Darren Collison, is that really worth it? Is that just making a move for the sake of making a move? Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, Collison has certainly outplayed Felton this year. Bullock uh, is the kind of player that can stretch the floor and, and someone who, if you're going to, again, try to rebuild around Mello, you want those kind of players. Um, I, I, I don't know. And then the other part of me obviously wants the best situation for Shump. I think he has had a difficult time adjusting to Mike Woodson, adjusting to playing in New York and with a coach like Doc Rivers behind him, you know, you could easily see him turning into a 15-point-per-game type of player. So I'm torn. I, I, You know, would I be upset if the Knicks made the move? Obviously not. I think Collison would prove an upgrade over Felton and, and maybe give them the spark they need to, to make a move. But on the other hand, I would I would hate to lose Chomp. So 6-1 half those the other, I guess. All right, Jim. So uh, we'll we'll give you one more uh, question here, and then we'll get you out of here to keep scrolling through Twitter and maybe hoping that this this deal goes through or not. Um, Knicks or outside of the Knicks, what do you think the most shocking thing is at this deadline, or is there nothing really shocking? Because there always there always are those deals that you don't think are going to get done, and then there's it, it could even just be buying a second rounder to get done at three oh five, whatever. I mean, what are you thinking? What team is mixed in? Uh, your your bold prediction here at the deadline. I don't know if I have a bold prediction. There certainly hasn't been anything I would call shocking. You know, I, again, I think a lot of teams around the deadline like to make moves for the sake of making moves to kind of prove to their fan base that they're doing something uh, to improve their prospects, whether or not it's legitimate. Um, 
uh, obviously a surprise for me was the Nets bringing in Marcus Thornton and pushing their 2013, I'm sorry, 2014 salary over 200 million. That was a bit of a surprise, but not even really when you consider that Prokhorov honestly does not care about the money that he's spending and is willing to green light any move to even marginally improve Brooklyn's prospects, even if those prospects end up being a second round exit. Um, so no, I, I, I was kind of skeptical when we were hearing a couple of weeks ago about this having the potential for being an epic trade deadline. Obviously it hasn't been um, just some minor sort of lateral moves for a lot of teams, but um, you know, we'll see what happens over the next few weeks, whether these moves bear out any, any positive results for any of the teams involved. Jim, great stuff as always from you at JP Cavan. Go follow him on Twitter of Bleacher Report and ESPN True Hoop and continue to scroll through the Twitter. And I hope you, you, st- you stay tuned to us afterwards. Oh, sorry, say that again? Well, I was just saying that you did a great job. Maybe I shouldn't say it. Now, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. It was great stuff from you. <laughs> oh, no, and... no, no, no. I had, I had a great time. Kenny and Kevin. I thought I would screw that up at one point, but I didn't well, even get a chance. Well, the <laughs> funny part is you did one time call me Kevin uh, through oh, DMs. Wow. So, you know what? Now it's... That's you, right. You didn't screw it up. Jim Kevin did not screw it up. I guess that's what we can take away from today. Thanks so much, Jim. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks, Jim. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. See, that's what I love about this is because you get the real-time reactions. Stein tweets, you get a react. That's what I wanted to do this for because, you know, we can really react in real time to these moves. Um, good stuff from Jim, of course. Uh, as we look at now this scenario, maybe the Clippers go after Shumpert. I was really torn yesterday, like Jim was, about this Reggie Bullock uh, coming back. Well, Matt Barnes coming back to help the Felton salary issue. I don't think I would do that at all because, look, at you're getting Matt Barnes – and Darren Collison for Felton and Shumpert. I mean, you're really not getting as much out of Shumpert as you could. But then again, I mean, it could be a lot worse. You could be getting no one for Shumpert at this point and with his injury. So I don't, I don't know where I stand on this. I don't, I don't really like it because Darren Collison, I still think he's a backup. I don't think you're going to get that much out of him going forward. And, yeah, you had you know, Bullock or Barnes in there. And I, don't, I just don't like Barnes that much coming to this New York team already with a lot of egos. Barnes has had some troubles in the past. Right, now you get Smith, World Peace, well, yeah. Barnes. Oh, that, would my be, God. that would be a mess. Yeah, Smith and World Peace. I, just, I mean, uh, uh, World Peace and Barnes. Just, I don't think they'd get along here in New York. I don't know if they would. I mean, you know, Kenyon and, and Meta fighting over pasta is one thing. Um, <laughs> speaking of the Lakers, uh, former Lakers, uh, they're engaged in discussions with Philadelphia on Chris Kamen uh, tweets – Ramon Shelbourne. So, you know what? I, I didn't know if Chris Kane was going to be moved. Ramona Shelbourne, excuse me. Um, I'm being told in the back there. That's, that's why you got to have great producers, Eric Mollin. And Matt Morrow is also just chilling back there. Um, what do you think about this? I don't know. Kamen, I know he's been really unhappy with his role in L.A. He thought he was signing on to actually play a role, maybe get a better contract going forward. But Kamen, going, just going right over to Philly, I guess they're just trying to get up to the cap floor. Because they're, otherwise they're just going to have to dish out their money to everybody else on the team. Kind of split it up. I don't, I don't really know how I feel about that. Obviously they already sent Hawes away, so they're trying to, to fill in that spot. But I don't know why the Sixers would, would really go for that. Well, you can tweet at us at WFUV Sports, at Kenny Ducey. K-Sauce Kevin Kelly does not have a Twitter. Uh, and get your thoughts in on the Working Knicks, on the Nets, the, the Caymans at the deadline. Uh, we're looking at some of these trades that already were completed before we get to Jared's whirling in a few minutes here at Bleacher Report. Uh, we, we did touch on that with Jim, or Jim touched on the Marcus Thornton to the Brooklyn Nets deal. You look at Steve Blake going to the Warriors for, for the Bays god, Kent Bazemore, and Marshawn Brooks. <laughs> 
I, your I boy, yeah, <laughs> Marshawn Brooks. I, I just I can't believe that Marshawn Brooks is all 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 of a sudden become a journeyman. You know, I, I, <laughs> well, when we, he's got we, scoring talent. Well, come on. Yeah, before we get to the other trades, like in depth, I want to look at Marshawn Brooks from your point of view here. He's going to Mike D'Antoni. Do you think Mike D'Antoni can turn Marshawn Brooks into a legitimate scoring option in the NBA? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you always defend them. I was expecting a different response. No, but I, look, I think you throw Marshawn Brooks out. Th- what I, that's what I was saying when I covered the Nets last year. Like, you throw Marshawn Brooks out there for um, 20 minutes in a playoff game, and, like, I, I, just, I think that's the type of guy who throws in 20 points in 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, I, that's the type of guy who can show up in the playoffs, and you're like, remember Marshawn Brooks? I only remember him for that one playoff game or that, you know, that big forty-point game when X, you know, X or Y was hurt. You know what I mean? I think that he's that type of guy, and he's still really young. I don't know. I do like Marshawn Brooks. Now I don't think D'Antoni's gonna gonna develop him <laughs> into like this ridiculous scoring option. Um, but we look around some other moves here. The the Sixers getting all of the second-round picks. We'll probably talk about a little later that they're probably one of the big winners of the day. They get rid of Spencer Hawes to the Cavs. They get Earl Clark, Henry Sims, two second-rounders. They acquired four second-rounders just today alone. That's incredible. I really And the second-rounders are becoming more and more valuable. You guys like Chandler Parsons coming out of the second round, just really improving teams. And I think the Sixers, with so many second-round picks, have a bright future. They have a lot of moves they can make. Even in the second round, if you only get a role player, that's still fantastic, and they have so many of them for that year. Yeah, and you got Carter Williams and, and Noel, which we haven't even seen anything from him so far because he's been hurt. Which is, I guess, I think Zach Harper said this on his podcast. Like, that's the one pick. That's one of the best picks right now because you don't know what it is. There's a lot of, there's a lot of picks out there that were that were you know guys that were taken in the first round this year, and you're like, okay, well that guy's disappointing. That guy didn't live up to the hype. You know, where's Otto Porter? But yeah. but you know, Nerlens Noel is one guy. There's still hope with him, so that's good. I mean, that's positive. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, more it, positive than everybody else. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's pretty funny. Um, and then uh, and then just to recap here, I mean, Money Mace Roger Mason Jr. was uh, was traded with cash to the Kings. Luke Ridnauer and Gary Neal to the Bobcats. Ramon Sessions and Jeff Adrians to the Bucks in that swap. Um, surprisingly, right now, no no Patty Mills on the. I think the Knicks would be wise to trade for Patty Mills. Really, but they that's dropped twenty nine last night. I mean, yeah. You can, but with Parker out, I think they're going to keep him around in San Antonio. I mean, obviously, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, well, that would be cool if this team traded for him, and you know, they already have Terre Murray, who's I think better than Raymond Felton at this point. But yeah. look, I mean, I just I like I really like Patty Mills. I think he's a really good scorer, and he plays the point guard position, and he'd bring something to your team, but. Um, I, you know, he could be traded today. I mean, I think maybe he's one of those, you know, role players who's traded in this role player trade deadline, I guess you could call it. That's what it seems like so far. There's no real big names. Spencer Hawes is the biggest deal we've seen so far. And yeah, we could see him go, but I just think for some reason, I think San Antonio is going to want to keep him. They, they like to, you know, keep things steady down there. All right. Well, Jared Zwirling of Bleacher Report is next up at Jared Zwirling on Twitter. Jared, first off, thank you so much for for joining us here today on the on the Pick and Pod. Pleasure to have you. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I hope you hope you're doing well. And um, first off, I just got to ask you because you've been you know you're not really you've been doing a lot of Dante Exum feature and and Nerlens Noel. You did a feature on him, and you've been busy, man. Haven't really gotten a, a, to reporting a lot of these these moves. But first off, what are you hearing at the deadline as we're about nine minutes away? Uh, you know, first of all, no big deals. Uh, I was talking to David Falk about a couple of weeks ago, and he predicted this would happen. David Falk's obviously Michael Jordan's former agent. 
It's, it's just been a very quiet deadline. It hasn't been, been too exciting. Uh, a few de- a few uh, deals here and there. Uh, you know, the latest is what you know what's going to happen with Shumper. The news just came out that he has that MCL sprain out for probably two weeks. So I, I just don't think it gives a lot. Makes a lot of traction. I mean, overall, I was talking to somebody close to the Knicks today, and you know, it's just a, it's just a bad situation. I mean, here, here's a, here's a question I'll throw to you guys. I mean. Whatever moves they make to really get them over the hump this season, no. I mean, the big, the biggest thing with the Knicks is, you know, signing, re-signing Melo, and then looking at it 2015. Uh, unless Tyson has maybe moved in the next what nine minutes, uh, uh, I mean, maybe they buy out Tyson's deal or something like that. I mean, he's definitely a trade piece, but you know, and, and Mar's, Mar's contract is really, really challenging. So, you know, the key is re-signing Melo and having him around as a star player. Uh, unfortunately, I just don't think whatever happens now, uh, you know, is, is anything that's really going to give the Knicks a, a big boost. Shumpert's the only name that I, you know, that we'll see in the next few minutes. But I, I mean, beyond that, um, it, it's just been a very quiet trade deadline. I think it's what we all expected. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Jim. I just don't think the Knicks can really make a move that's going to. Oh, excuse me, Jared. Uh, well, this is a hectic day for everybody. Right day. Now. Yeah, well, a lot going worry. on in here. You got, you got the J right. You got the J right. <laughs> yeah, I was at least on the right track. Sorry about that, Jared. So, what I wanted to ask you, I want to switch over to the West Coast. Last night, we saw the Steve Blake trade come out. How do you feel about that for the Warriors after they, you know, Jordan Crawford hasn't really worked out the way they planned? Do you like Blake going to the Warriors? I absolutely do. You know, the biggest thing with the Warriors has been their backup point guard. They had Tony Douglas there, then they bring in Jamal. I'm sorry, uh, Jordan Crawford. Look at me, uh, I'm stumbling on names myself. <laughs> uh, they, they bring in uh, Jordan Crawford, so that, that's been a big issue there. They're they're a high turnover team in Golden State. And, you know, Stephen Curry still evolving as a point guard, but you know, I was at that game last week when 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 LeBron hit that game winning shot. He makes a lot of rush passes, and he's still evolving as a point guard. So having a nice cleanup backup point guard who's solid is, is a big move. And Stephen Blake is that. Highly efficient, you know, backup point guard. He started the season a lot of a lot of the way without Steve Nash. So he's a tremendous point guard. I, I actually know him a bit. Uh, he's from Miami. He went to Killing High School. Um, I, I went to high school probably ten minutes from him. Uh, his family travels the country uh, in a in an RV. They're afraid to fly planes. I mean, it's a very committed family. Uh, you know, even with the Lakers themselves, he you know Kevin Ding, my colleague, just wrote a great piece today about. Yeah, I think a Super Bowl party for all his teammates and got the guys all together. So he's a great locker room presence, too. So it's a great move for the Warriors. And he plays some good D. I think he's a pretty underrated D defender, and that's another struggle in Golden State. So I like that move a lot. That might be maybe up there as one, maybe one of the best moves that we've seen in this trade that one. Well, Jared, I hate to fly us back across the country right now, but Mark Stein of ESPN just said that the, the Clippers and Knicks are still engaged in some pretty serious talks right now. I had an interesting question for you because I know you said you know it's not going to get them over the hump, but you look at Raymond Felton, you know, getting rid of his deal. Um, are you gonna? Is this worth a first round pick? Because you know they made that ultimatum, first round pick or get rid of, or take Raymond Felton. Do you think to you getting rid of Raymond Felton's contract and just him in general is worth a first round pick at this point? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think the Knicks don't really have any first-round picks offers. I mean, I'm not, I think that's what you're asking me. But I, I, I don't really think that um, – well, first of all, what, what team wants Raymond Felton? I mean, I think that the Knicks would love to give him up. You know, their, their, their name out there was Darren Collison. But, uh, you know, I think really from the uh, – you go back to the, before the season started, right? You know, Glenn Renwell was demoted. And a big reason why was that James Dolan, the upper management, was disappointed in this roster. It was a flawed roster. And we've seen it all the season. I know some injuries have happened here and there, but there's a reason why that he there's a reason why he was demoted. It's a flawed roster, and I think that it's really been um, a big hindrance for the Knicks 
try to make any move because they just don't have a lot of trade pieces. And I, I think that's, that's been their biggest hurt. It's a tough situation, and I, and I feel bad for Knicks fans because, you know, this is the one team, uh, you know, that, that should be competitive and it's in a big market. That's just kind of stuck. And uh, they're going to really have to figure out, first of all, with Melo resigning him, they have to get him back. I, 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 there's no other superstar that will be available that will want to come to New York uh, this summer to me. And then after that, you have to look at Tyson Chandler. I mean, he might have to be – I think he's the one guy that has to be moved because whether it's through a buyout or whatever, because you have to get younger. You have to develop more, more depth. Uh, you, have to, you have to bring in more defensive players who can shoot the ball. Um, you know, the Knicks just don't have a lot of two-way players. Look at the bench, for example, Jeremy Tyler, J.R. Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr., Theray Murray, Dino Udra, all offensive-minded players. Yeah. You don't have any guys off that bench who can come up, come up and make stops. So I just think it's overall flawed roster, and I think that it's a, it's a really bad situation to be in overall. Well, our uh, fellow host, Matt Rosenfeld, couldn't be here today, and I know he'd be upset if I didn't get the Nets in here. So I have to, you know, I'm going to keep it in New York since Kenny flew back across the country. I want to ask you about the Marcus Thornton trade. Obviously, Mikhail Prokhorov is just happy to throw money wherever like, wherever he wants. So do you like the Thornton trade for Jason Terry and Reggie Evans? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, Terry is old and, and wasn't producing. Reggie Evans, I mean, he still has value, but Jason didn't really like playing him because he's not really a offensive threat. Um, you know, that's why other guys kind of had more minutes. But he's still a valuable player. When I mean, you bring in Marcus Thornton, you get a surefire school off the bench. And, you know, the, the next biggest issue is defensively, they've been on fire. The record's like 15 and 6 since January, and defense has been their mainstay. But offensively, uh, they need more youth. And Marcus Thornton was previously a 20-point-a-game scorer. So that's, that's a fantastic move. Another one that might go up there is one of the top moves in the trade deadline uh, for, for the Nets. And, uh, you know, I, I think over in Sacramento, He's kind of been under the radar. Uh, you know, I think the Kings are still sort of a weird franchise. They, they have some nice players out there. DeMarcus Cousins, Isaiah Thomas, Rudy Gay. But, you know, I, I think that there's a leadership issue there. Maybe coming to the Nets uh, with Kevin Garnett there with Paul Pierce will really put Marcus Orton in check a bit and help him really develop uh, as a player, come to practice consistently, work hard, all the things that you want to see from a championship caliber player that, as he potentially could be. So, I think it's a great move for the Nets. I think it gives them some added punch uh, off the bench, no question. All right, Jared, I know I, I know we hate to make this like a Knicks-centered show, but a report just came out from David Aldridge that said he, the, the Knicks actually turned down the Amon Shumpert offer for a first-round pick. I, I kind of want to spin this in the way of OKC because that means that they, they did want Shumpert, they do want that wing player. Do you think that the, the Oklahoma City Thunder get a wing player before the de- in the next two, three minutes? Well, it's interesting. I, I, I know somebody on the Wizards, a uh, player on the Wizards, who told me that there was something that might go down. I mean, again, we're two minutes to the deadline here, but there was a potential move with the Wizards and the Thunder involving Perry Jones for a wing player on the uh, on the Wizards. That could have been Chris Singleton, maybe Trevor Ariza. I know he was on, both those guys were on the market. Uh, I think that the Thunder would like maybe another wing player. They've been a little disappointed with Cephalosha a little bit. I think that they maybe wanted him to move him a little bit this year. So maybe getting some young bloods, we can shoot the ball. I like Dabo a lot, but I just heard that his name was out there in trade rumors. So, but I did hear about that uh, with the Wizards for somebody going to the uh, Oklahoma State Thunder. Let's see if that happens, but I did hear that. And Jared, I just wanted to ask you, as we you know approach these last couple minutes, so it's cooled down a little bit right now. I want to ask you about the piece about Nerlens Noel you wrote about a month ago. And, it was a great piece, you know, detailing his rehab and how he's, he's, his work ethic has improved so much. Do you think he'll be a good player, solid player in the NBA? And what do you think his ceiling is? 
a great question. You know, there's been some talk about will he return this season. I, I would say definitely play some games because I think it gives a young player uh, just a chance to see what NBA action is like. I think if he missed an entire another year, uh, it delays the process even more. I mean, he's healthy. I think he's ready. He's almost ready to go. I mean, you know, one thing with the ACL recovery in the NBA today is I was talking to a physical therapist, Dr. Kevin Wilk, who works with uh, the, the famous Dr. James Andrews, who repairs all these guys' ACLs. And he told me, you know, the ACL recovery process is just a lot longer now in the NBA. You know, we, we delay it now. The teams want to delay it. You know, it's an effect from Derrick Rose and things like that. There's more of a concern to wait, guys. But I, I think that he's going to be ready to go soon. And it's just a question of does the management want to play him? That's going to be the biggest question. He can play, and he's taking contact now in practice. And I think that it's good for him to get some reps to see if he can really uh, manage the NBA action. And that will also give him a great feeling for what he, has, what he needs to work on this offseason. So get some game reps under his belt and say, hey, I need to work on this. I need to work on that. You know, as far as him being a good player to answer your question, I, I think he can be. I mean, he's going to be uh, – you watch how he played at, at, uh, at Kentucky, you know, as far as running the floor, blocking shots, uh, that, that mobile big. That's the NBA today. You look at Anthony Davis. I don't think he can be a scorer like Anthony Davis, but I do think that mobile big who can, you know, go from a screen and roll – I'm sorry, defending a screen and roll to then rolling to the basket, protecting the rim – that's a huge luxury to have in this, in this game today. Sometimes those staffs don't show up on the box score. So I think defensively he'll be a huge presence. If he develop that jump shot, which he's been working on, I think he'll be a huge threat. But I, I do like his talent. I think he's going to be a very unique player in the NBA. Jared, you're the man for taking some time out of your, your busy trade deadline day and uh, spending it with us. Really appreciate the, uh, the takes and uh, the news here. And hopefully uh, something big comes out in these next two minutes or three minutes you know, that happened <laughs> after the deadline because right now there's nothing going on. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Kenny. Talk to you guys. So that was very interesting. First of all, it was great to talk to Jared and um, to, to hear that maybe the Wizards want, want a Chris Singleton uh, from – uh, or excuse me, the the Thunder maybe want a Chris Singleton from the Wizards. Right now, actually, he, here's the newest news right here from uh, from from Waj. The Clippers are looking at Darren Collison, Willie Green, and Matt Barnes for Shumpert and Felton. Whoa, Willie Green, the Nick Killer. Yeah, that's it's interesting. A- uh, that's a, you know throws a different one out there. I'm really curious to see whether it gets done. As the NBA just you know tweeted, as long as they're on a call with the league right now, that trade can still go through. So we'll see what happens. This is this is this is weird. Yeah, I I like that's a weird trade. I I don't know if that's much better than the one that we were just talking about with maybe the Barnes and Collison one. Yeah, I don't like I don't know that 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 was a big bomb drop by Waj right there. But I don't I I guess you know you you mentioned that the fact that if they're on the phone and they can still do it. But uh, um, Tim Bontemps of the of the uh, Daily News just said that the Nets are done at the deadline right now. We're still not sure if the Knicks traded Shumpert or not, but I I can't believe that they would turn down a first round pick for Mon Shumpert. Yeah, he just How can you turn yeah, down that's a- crazy to me. And that's if no deal for the Clippers and Knicks is now getting tweeted out. No deal. Yeah, no deal. That's, I don't know if New York is you know rejoicing or is sad that they couldn't ditch Felton. I kind of like that trade. That was interesting. I don't know. I don't know if I liked that at all. But you you would have gotten rid of Felton. Well, as Jer- as Jared that. just as Jared just kind of pointed out, like that's well, that's it's not a, a put you over the hump kind of move. Uh, Waj tweets that the New York New York is standing pat right now; they're not going to make a deal. Um, so that was it for the Knicks. No Benno Udrick, no Mon Shumpert, no Tyson Chandler trade. Nothing. And as it stands now, we're not looking at really a big trade at all. It happened again. It I, like I, and I did I not predict this? Yeah, I predicted I this. I, I, I said I the Knicks would not do anything at this deadline. Yeah. 
Well, it came down to the wire, though. You were almost wrong. It did. I still think there's going to be a trade that comes out that we don't. Yeah, I think there'll be one more. But right now, it's not looking like there's much out there. This is It's really interesting how this one's gone down. Because I feel like this year, more than ever, there were some big, big names in trade rumors. Yeah, I know. It's Even Josh Smith was out there earlier this morning. It's really weird. And Jared just tweeted, what else is new? Well, yeah. I mean... <laughs> It's. I mean, it's like it's true. Look, there, as much as there was discussion about you know Schumper maybe going, I I don't know, I don't know. I I, I think the Knicks wanted like a mid first round pick for Schumpert. Yeah. That's. I think that's what they. And I think the the Thunder maybe offered the Knicks like their pick, yeah. which the Knicks knew would be like the the last at least the last four last four or so in yeah. the draft. I mean, that's that's what I see because basically, maybe the Knicks are like, okay, well, that's like that's like a second round pick for Schumpert. We don't want that. Yeah, but I don't know. That's which a, this is the draft to take that pick because it's more right. Like what it's would a be deep a, draft. Yeah, it's a deep draft. But There's a lot of guys out me, there. Like to me, to me that th- that's not that shocking to me that they would turn like we we hear first round pick and you go into crazy, but I mean essentially. If the Thunder win the championship, I mean that's what one pick earlier than the second round. Which yeah. I guess you know, look, it's, it's still an early be, second yeah. round pick. You could still get a productive like rotation player. Who knows what you could get down there in this draft? Maybe even like a starter one day. But it's not that sh- like if it was the, I don't know if it was like the Bobcats for example that said, um, you know, like we'll give you your first round a first round pick or whatever, and that's a team that might make the eight seed in the playoffs. That would be more like okay, why wouldn't they do that? Also, the Thunder have a top twenty protected pick from Dallas mm-hmm. too, which is um, which maybe was in play here. Maybe they didn't want that uh, that top twenty protected pick, but I just think it's the Knicks looking at now again. I just I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it because they're just pick empty for the next few years. Well, and no, ne- uh, next year, twenty fifteen, they have a first round. The first, pick. yeah, but after that, but they I can't mean, trade it right now, which is yeah, good for yeah, them. I guess for them, yeah. So they couldn't do anything. But I just I don't know. I think you try to go get a first round pick for Shumpert. Who isn't really? I don't know. I don't know what New York thinks of him right now. I, I, I just—it's obviously that he's not in the Raymond Felton category. But I think I don't think he's panned out the way people hoped. Well, Ramona Shel, uh, Shelbourne did tweet that um, Antoine Jameson is going to the Hawks, so that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really okay. Like doesn't that, do anything. That was our deadline deal. Space, yeah. Okay, maybe five years ago that would have been cool. Like, oh, Antoine Jameson's on the move, and now yeah. it's now yeah, whatever. Yeah, there's nothing there. Um, but man, I don't uh. I, I, we we got you know what though we we can't be mad at this trade deadline because we got the trades like two hours ago we got the Hawes trade, uh yeah. the rid now the, the Miller trade the, that sent Jan Vesely to the Nuggets two second rounders to the Sixers the the Brooks for Hamilton trade was kind of cool, um I don't know I I think, I, I mean if you look at it in the way that the Knicks turned down, excuse me a first round pick for trying to trade Shumpert and Felton and just get Felton out of town. Um, I I don't know if you can. I guess you could look at it that way, but still, I I just I'm not that mad at it because yeah. I I think that this team really didn't want Raymond Felton. Also, on on the down low, you look at what happened with the Raymond Felton the report about him getting a divorce. I mean, uh, I saw what's you know pointed out that that might have been someone from MSG to leak that. I mean, uh, I, who knows? And yeah. I'm not accusing the Knicks of anything, but like maybe, um. Maybe that was like maybe they just didn't want him anymore. Maybe they were going tired with him. Uh, maybe they realized that you know there were fifty other point guards with better PERS. <laughs> I don't know, but I think they wanted to do something just to show their fan base that they cared. 
and I think they tried to, and they, there was nothing. I, I, I think it was smart, though. I yeah. think it was smart not to do the Clippers trade to me. If you would have gotten Reggie Bullock, maybe. But yeah. not not if you're getting Willie Green, Darren Collison, and Matt Barnes. Well, I think this is good, even for the fan base, because it shows that they were they were active. They were trying to find a way. Obviously, they're aware that they're in a tough situation right now, and they, they were active. There were a lot of possible things that went out there. I think even the Broussard possibility, that getting thrown out there, just helped them among the fans, because it showed that they're looking a little bit towards the future, at least. Here we go. The, the Spurs traded Nando DiColo to the Raptors for Austin Day, according to Wash. Interesting. He was wearing the mask in that Brooklyn game when they played each other. I remember because there were a bunch of masked men on the court. Nando. But again, not a big, big trade. Obviously, this year we didn't get the big name we were hoping for. Nobody really swapped. But I, think I don't know. Nando's for, a huge name. Yeah. <laughs> for, for fans who really look in-depth, there are some moves here that could really help contenders. I We were talking about Steve Blake before. I really love that move for the Warriors. I, I do, think, too. I think that could really help them. I mean, he's been averaging almost 10 points and over 7 assists this year when he's healthy. I mean, hopefully he just – he came out and said that he was having mixed emotions about, about the trade. He has his whole family down there in L.A. They like the schools they were in. As long as he just adjusts to Golden State, I think that'll be great. I think the Marcus Thornton deal – I think that's the one that could because I think the Nets are a team. They're going to make the playoffs. I think they they could win maybe. I don't know if maybe two playoff series, but they could at least contend in the second one. I think so. Yeah. I, I don't. I I think Marcus Thornton's a guy who can help them win that and get past the first round and maybe give their their second round opponent a little bit of a run for their money. Just because look at, I hate Allen Anderson starting on that team at the three. Yeah. I just don't like it, but. Look, you're not. I mean, Marcus Thornton. I don't think was going to start at the three. I don't know if they would go that small. Um, they also like Anderson's defense, and Joe Johnson's not getting seven. Excuse me, seven-time All-Star Joe Johnson's not getting <laughs> supplanted by Marcus Thornton. It's kind of a strange um, dynamic in that I like lineup, him coming though. off the bench. Though. Well, there's no, but there's no Brook Lopez. So, like, how good can they really be? True. Well, there was the talk that they might go after a guy like Jared Jack yesterday, and then they end up with Thornton. So they're getting a guy kind of similar in that way. Obviously, they're paying Thornton more this year, but I, I do like that trade, and I think he he will definitely help them. I don't think there's a he he needed a fresh fresh start somewhere else in Sacramento. He had some real trouble with the coaches there this season, and I think it's going to be good for him to get out of there. Well, we have Moe Hamilton come up in just a second from SNY and Basketball Insiders, so uh, we'll we'll definitely get his reactions on what we just well what we didn't just see and what we saw. And we do have him now, so he's at Moke Hamilton on Twitter. And, uh, well, how's the day been for you? I mean, I'm, it's been hectic for pretty much everyone else, Moke. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, trade deadline day, uh, you know, it's something that we pretty much look forward to. And when I say look forward, I obviously use that term loosely. <laughs> but it's something that you look forward to pretty much when the calendar gets around January. About that time, most NBA teams know who they are. So buyers and sellers definitely emerge in the market, teams that feel like they're on the cusp try to get some more pieces and teams that feel like they're far away sell some pieces off. So I'm happy that it's over. I will say that. Well, you know, it did end without uh, a Knicks move. Are you kind of surprised about that? I mean, I'm not personally. I think that I didn't think that it was going to happen, but um, I mean, there was like, they were down to the wire with the Clippers. Were you kind of sweating a little bit thinking they were going to do something? Well, it was, it was, uh, <laughs> it was certainly very, very interesting. Uh, but uh, personally, I am surprised that they didn't do anything just because I know that this team is desperate to make the playoffs. And if you look at their performance over the first 50-some-odd games of the season, they certainly do not seem like a playoff team. The Washington Wizards playing very good basketball. 
They continue to fall behind the Charlotte Bobcats, and now even the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are currently on a six-game win streak, they seem to have sort of leapfrogged the Knicks in terms of teams that are playing well in the conference as well. So right now, if you're talking about playoffs, you kind of would have expected the Knicks to do something. But as far as what was out there for them, Darren Collison, I personally do not think that Collison would have been a good return on Iman Shumpert's still untapped potential. So I certainly understand that deal not being made. Yeah, Moke, last year you, you wrote a piece that was actually called Who Should Have Been Dealt at the Deadline? So I'm curious, who this year do you think should have been dealt that didn't get sent somewhere? Hmm, that's a very, very good question. I think I had, I had a number of guys. I mean, I think I would probably... If I had to pick one guy, I'd probably go with Kevin Love. How about that? Is that a surprise or what? <laughs> I don't know, um, though. It's kind of not, though, because they should deal him, I think. Yeah. No, yeah. no, actually, I mean, I, I, I'm actually joking about, oh, about that. I um, think they might might have showed up, but okay. Okay, well, okay no, Mook. It, yeah, no, as far, as far as Love is concerned, I mean, they the, the Timberwolves, they still have time. You know, that's what it really boils down to. They still have time. They have the summer, and they even have the deadline next year if they decide they want to ultimately do something with him. Um, I'm surprised that the Raptors weren't more active just because Masai Ujiri has let it be known that he's thinking about this team, he's thinking about the future. He wants to build this team into a contender in his own image. And the guys, him being a first-year general manager up there in Toronto, these are not his guys. This is not his roster. So I think that the Raptors, I certainly would have expected more activity from them. And I'm a bit surprised that they decided to stand past for the most part. Well, Mo, looking at some of, of these other trades, I kind of want to ask you which one you like more here. Because Andre Miller goes to the Washington Wizards. They wanted a point guard. Aaron Brooks goes to the Denver Nuggets. They wanted a point guard. Obviously, Benno Udrick might have gone to one of those teams, but he didn't. Uh, which one do you like better for, for both of those teams? Personally, I think Aaron Brooks is going to be a, a great fit for Denver backing up Ty Lawson. Yeah, I mean, Brooks is certainly a very good player. I think he's very, very underrated. He can shoot the ball. He's a very, very good change of pace point guard. I'm not sure that he's that great in the half court, but as far as Andre Miller is concerned, man, I look at him the same way I look at Tim Duncan, and I think that these are guys that are going to be playing basketball until they're 55 years old. You know, Dre Miller, he's a, he's a machine. He's great, and he's still very, very solid, and definitely a point guard who excels in the half court. I think that he's going to excel there the Wizards. Yeah, and Moke, this year Josh Smith doesn't get dealt. This morning a report came out that they, the Pistons were actually shopping him, but they wanted more than just expiring contracts. Do you think that the way they were asking too much for Josh Smith? Well, you know, what I love more than anything is I love when you look at a guy like Josh Smith who gets a very, very rich four-year deal, and you look at a guy like Jeff T who gets a pretty rich four-year deal. I love it when you sign a guy in July and then in February, right, six <laughs> months into the deal, eight months into the deal, you're like, you know what, maybe that wasn't a good idea. Maybe we should try to trade this guy. Uh, as far as Smith is concerned, I actually think that he could fit nicely with Andre Drummond. They obviously have a bit of an issue there in the front court in Detroit with Greg Monroe. That three-headed monster hasn't really worked out quite well thus far. Um, I'm not sure 
if the asking price for Smith was too high. But what we are seeing generally in the NBA now with this new economic era under the 2011 collective bargaining agreement is you're seeing that teams are not as quick to add big money contracts onto their payroll and they're not as quick to give up draft picks, especially with the 2014 and even the 2015 draft looking like some very, very strong draft class. So I'm not really surprised that we didn't really see any big money moved at the deadline. Loke, you go to a lot of Nets games, too, as well as Knicks games, and uh, Marcus Thornton going to the Brooklyn Nets yesterday. We we won't really get a lot of buzz today because it happened yesterday. They get rid of uh, Jason Terry and Reggie Evans, now two huge beards on the Sacramento Kings. Um, Do you think that Marcus Thornton is kind of that guy who maybe helps them fight a little bit in the playoffs, maybe get past the first-round opponent, give the second-round opponent a little bit of a run for their money? Yeah, well, the thing about Jason Terry is, I mean, over the past two years, if you look at what he did with the Boston Celtics last year, he's looked a little bit more like a twin propeller engine plane than a jet. <laughs> you know, it kind of looked like he maybe maybe was running out of some of the jet fuel a little bit. Um, what they really, what the Nets really needed from him, what they really wanted was pretty much scoring off the bench. You know, they wanted someone who could solidify that bench unit with some points when Paul Pearson, Joe Johnson, and Darren Williams had to take a seat. I think at the very least, Thornton will provide that. Now, you give up Reggie Evans, who's obviously one of the greatest rebounders I've ever seen in my life, but he kind of fell out of Jason Kidd's rotation anyway, and he wasn't really getting any minutes for them. So if you're asking me if I would trade Terry for Thornton, I think Terry has shown the ability to hit big shots in very, very big games, and that in and of itself may be missed. But strictly from a talent standpoint, as long as Thornton can keep his weight under control, I think it's a net positive for the Nets. And you have to applaud Mikhail Prokhorov's um, allegiance to spending money and sparing no expense in trying to bring a championship to Brooklyn. So I want to take a look at the Charlotte Bobcats, who going into the deadline were rumored to be going after Evan Turner. They don't end up with Evan Turner. Instead, they have Luke Ridenour and Gary Neal. What do you think about the Bobcats' moves this year? Well, I think Turner would have been a very good acquisition for them personally. Uh, I've actually been very, very high on Gerald Henderson for a long time, so I can certainly understand if the Bobcats thought that bringing in Turner would somehow stunt the development of Henderson. Uh, That being said, Ramon Sessions is going to be a free agent this summer. That probably has something to do with the Bobcats opting to move him. And I think at the end of the day, Sessions, I'm pretty high on Sessions. I, I think he's a very good player. I would say that he's a quarter. And as far as the guys that, that the Bobcats got back, Gary Neal being one of them, I think that they traded a quarter for two dimes. So maybe they lose a little bit, but not really a significant move by any stretch. The Bucks are still not making the playoffs, and the Bobcats are still a fringe team in the Eastern Conference. So I don't really think that this trade is going to really amount to anything other than getting Gary Neal out of a situation where he was very, very unhappy. Well, Moak, we're looking at this deadline, and one of the teams that was very active was the Philadelphia 76ers. Reports coming in now. They just traded for uh, Byron Mullins of the Clippers. I mean, maybe they gave up one of those second-rounders. It's like, well, I mean, now they're going to have none, right? Now they have, have like, I think, I don't know how many second-rounders at this point the Sixers have, maybe like seven or something. I'll have to figure that out. But uh, in general, do do you like what they did here? I mean, they go out to get Earl Clark, Henry Sims, and a whole bunch of second-rounders. Well, I mean, the 76ers, uh, do I like what they did? Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, not really. Um, I think that, uh, you know, at least they got some value in return for Spencer Hawes, who I think is a 
pretty valuable center in the NBA. He certainly has the ability to stretch the floor at the five position. And I think that he'll probably give the Cavaliers something that they can use and it'll help push them toward playoffs. As far as the Sixers are concerned, you know, this is going to be a team that takes a, a very, very long time to build and, um, you know, don't really have any feeling one way or the other for what they've done this, this deadline season. All right, Milka, I want to bring it back to the Knicks to close things out here because they're they're inactive at the deadline. You know, I, I, just a couple of questions for you, really. Do, do you think Mike Woodson, or how soon does Mike Woodson get fired, if if at all, this season? Um, were they wrong not to trade Tyson Chandler? And I guess I'll just leave it right there, those two. Well, those are definitely two great questions. As far as Woodson is concerned, I'm not sure that they are going to fire him. And I know that a lot of people have been saying that for a while. But when you look when you look at those look at the two games that the Knicks have played since the All Star break ended, okay? This does not look like a team that has quit or is ready to quit on its head coach. I will say that. They do seem to still be playing for him. Whether or not Woodson has shown the aptitude of a coach that can lead a team to 20-10 and over their final 30 games and make a push for the playoffs, that remains to be seen. But whether or not they do fire him, I really can't say that I have the answer to that. And if there's one thing we do know about Jim Dolan is that he is – he's very, very unpredictable. You know, like he cuts against – conventional wisdom all the time with his decision making so there's really no way to know Um, me personally I think I would have pulled the trigger and made a coaching change already but the main question for the Knicks is if you do that then what you're going to put Larry Johnson on the bench to be Herb Williams's assistant coach is that going to help you get to the playoffs probably not as far as Tyson Chandler is concerned I'm not sure that it was a bad decision to not trade him for the same reason why I'm not sure that it was a bad decision to not trade Iman Shumpert. These guys' value will probably never be lower. They're still very, very good pro players. And just because you want to shake things up on your team doesn't mean that you give valuable guys away for cents on the dollar. You don't fire sell them. And if I'm the Knicks, I certainly would not have entertained the idea of fire selling either Shumpert or Chandler just because I think they both still have very high value. All right, Mocha, one more before we get you out of here, because I guess you are getting called there or something in the office. Um, uh, you mentioned that, you know, it would be cents on a dollar. Well, they did reportedly the Knicks get that first-round pick off from the, the Thunder. Are you surprised they turned that down? Uh, I, am, I am a bit surprised that they turned that down, but the thing that's always important to keep in mind as it relates to picks being swapped is until the deal is actually signed and delivered, we do not know what the protections on those picks are. Now, I do think that trading Shumpert and clearing more minutes for Tim Hardaway Jr. would have been a net positive for the Knicks. But consider this. If Sam Presti was willing to part with a first-round draft pick in a trade for Shumpert, I'm willing to bet that that trade would have had a lot of protections around it, and I'm willing to bet that that's a big part of the reason why that trade did not happen. For all we know, it could have been Presti could have been pushing to have that protected from one to fifteen, you know, and that's something very important to keep in mind when you see that a first-round pick was offered and ultimately not accepted. Very important to keep that in mind. 
Mo, great to talk to you at Mo Hamilton on Twitter. Go follow me. Works for SNY and Basketball Insiders, and they actually have a new digital mag out, so you can go check that out too. Uh, it was good to talk to you today. Thanks for coming on during the uh, trade deadline. Now it's very uh, busy, and we'll get back to work, I guess. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yep. See you around. All right. So that was Smoke Hamilton of SNY Basketball Insiders joining us here on the Pick and Pod trade deadline specialist. About eight minutes until we're out of here and our deadline to I don't know finish is is done or something. <laughs> um. So yeah, we get the 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 Byron Mullins move as we were on the phone with Moke. That's going to be for a second rounder. So there's one of the one of their second oh, rounders yeah. is gone. I don't know if it'll be missed, but I mean, who who knows at the end of the day which second rounder that was and like where it might be. That's and the what, thing. what if you that was like years? Right. What if that? Well, what if also? What if that was like the fourth pick in the second round this year? I mean, I mean that's. I don't yeah. know if I want to give that up for Byron Mullins, but I, who knows? I don't think they do. But I, I can't imagine that's what it would be. But yeah, we we the problem is so far we can't get a gauge on when they're going to have all these second rounders because it doesn't become official till later on. Um, Austin Day also on the move. What we were just talking about before. In total, twenty three players got moved today. Uh, as we kind of react here to um, to all these trades, and then also one team that didn't get in on the Knicks, Kevin, the Houston Rockets, they, well, they had made did. a move they at did. every deadline. Aaron Brooks. Oh no, that's right, Aaron Brooks. Aaron Brooks. So they did so make it. They did, but they had traded. I believe they had acquired more than two players in every yeah. year since 2004. So this was yeah, a very right. quiet deadline for them historically. Yeah, they were trying to go after the you know rumors that they wanted Rondo. There are a couple things they wanted to move Ashik. None of those things happened, and now they're still stuck with Ashik, who doesn't want to be there. And I don't know. For the Rockets, I think they really could have benefited from another move other than just Jordan Hamilton. Well, let's talk about that, that the Ron- Rondo while we're on the subject. Okay. Um, I kind of felt like there was going to be more talk about him at the deadline. I did, too. I feel like there was, this was uh, there the was year no for it. reports of any discussion. No, there were no yeah the, the discussion reports were not out there. All we heard was these random rumors. Other than Sacramento, a few days ago, that was the only one we really heard, and he wasn't going to sign there. There were many teams who coveted him, but they just right. weren't going to get him to sign. Well, the same thing goes for Kevin Love, who may or may not have been on the table. We don't know, but um, if he wasn't, he should have been because. I think it was it was Moke who was saying that he shouldn't have been traded, right? Yeah. He was joking. I, I really disagree with that. I think the clock is ticking. Next year, the trade deadline, you're not going to get anywhere near as much value for him. Well, here's the thing with Love and Rondo, too, is the teams that would, would possibly acquire him, this is what they'd get a season and a half with, with yeah. Love or Rondo, as opposed to next year, you get a half season, and then he might leave. So there's more time there. He's not, yeah, right. They're not going to be as attractive. You're not going to get a team like the Lakers who bite on Dwayne Howard. Um, I, I I think that they were probably most attractive right now if you wanted to get anything back. And uh, look, I don't think anyone believes that Kevin Love's going to stay with the Timberwolves. And frankly, I don't know if anyone believes that Rajon Rondo's going to stay with the Boston Celtics. Yeah, I don't know. And Love, one of the places Love was rumored to be looking was Phoenix. And we didn't see anything out of Phoenix. And I really thought they were going to try to you know, bolster their team for this playoff run. Really surprised to not see anything happen from the Suns. Well, they got Drogic, and they were, I think that so, so. I think it was just someone suggesting that the Knicks could try, should try to go after Drogic. But um, yeah, I mean that that's a team to me. I feel like they're sort of like the Clippers, or next season, not the Clippers, the Warriors last year. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. one more piece. You have some young talent there. You need one piece. Like the you know Warriors went out and got Andrew Bogut. I mean, maybe you go out. Um, you know, you get it. You know, you a nice wing player. I, I they don't were know. rumored to be going after Gasol, like a few weeks right, ago. Right, Pau Gasol yeah. too. That was another name that was not ruled out 
uh, until it wasn't ruled out about an hour ago when we were looking yeah. that people were still looking at he might be moved. I mean, Nando Nicole Nando actually trending worldwide right now. How wow. funny is that? <laughs> well, that's Nando. surprising. Yeah. Dude, I, I, that makes me so happy. <laughs> it, it, I think it, anything the Spurs do is worth noting because I think whatever they They're do smart. this time, They're like the opposite of yeah. the Knicks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, winners and losers, Kevin Kelly, at the deadline here. Um, uh, first off, my winner, one of my winners is going to be the New York Knicks for not doing anything. I think the offers, frankly, were not good enough. Um, I, I don't. I think that right now, a lot of people will be like, "Oh my goodness, this team's twenty-one and thirty-two, or whatever their record is. I think it's twenty-one and thirty-two, and they didn't do anything. How could they? They need to. Do, they need to fire Woodson. They need to trade away Schumpert. They need to trade away Tyson Chandler. What? Let me ask you this: What was really out there? That was attractive to you. The Beno Udrick for Jordan Hamilton at best was like a like a, an all right, like a fair trade. Like okay, you know Beno Udrick for Jordan Hamilton. Jordan Hamilton's not great. Beno Udrick isn't great. That's kind of a fair trade. There was no trade here to me that you benefit significantly from. I don't think yeah. trading Amon Shumpert and and Ray Felton for Collison Barnes and Willie Green was the way to go. I, I don't think so. Just because um, I don't think. Well, Raymond, I think Raymond Felton's that bad, but I don't think Raymond Felton. It, it's just it's not worth giving up Shumpert in that trade. Like Moke said, these guys aren't at full value. Tyson Chandler, yeah. maybe two years ago, was at full value. Uh, right now, not a lot of people are defend. Uh, um, excuse me, believing in his defense. So, I, I think that maybe down the road you could get more. Remember, Tyson Chandler is going to have an expiring deal, I believe, next year at the deadline, or maybe I, I think it's next year at the deadline. And um, uh, until until then, it's. It's like I don't know what his value is right now, and I don't think it's it's going to be as good as it might be or what once was. I just don't. I didn't see a great option out there for New York. I, I the first round I, pick maybe. Yeah, that's see, that's maybe. what I'm gonna say maybe. because I really think that is the move that they should have made if the Thunder really were offering that. Even if it was protected, you you wouldn't protect it for the whole. I mean, the Thunder are gonna be in the top, so they would get the Thunder's pick as long as that was the pick they were going for, and it wasn't the Mavs pick this year. And I just think they really should have, you know, pulled the trigger on that. My problem with the Knicks right now, and the reason I'm not going to pick them as a winner, is they just don't seem to have any direction. I said it before. I just don't know what they're going to do in the next couple of years. There's, there are a lot of options out there being tossed around. But if they're just going on the notion that they're going to get some big free agents, they're going to bring Love and Rondo in or, you know, Durant in, I, I just think it's really flawed judgment in what they're doing. My big winner, though, I, Philadelphia is an obvious one. I actually like what Charlotte did. I disagreed with what Moke said again on that. I, I really like Gary Neal and Luke Riddenauer going to the Bobcats. I don't think Sessions is a huge loss. And Riddenauer had some trouble earlier in the year. He couldn't really get on the court. But Gary Neal, now that he's going somewhere, he might actually want to play. He can really do nice things. Last year we saw him for the Spurs in the playoffs. He had some great games. He was a Jared Jack type. You know what? I, I think I'm. it's hard for me to pick really a big loser at the deadline. I mean, maybe you could say like the Wolves for not for not trading love. Personally, I think the Kings could have traded for a debt and gotten something, and getting back Jason Terry and Reggie Evans isn't the best, although it, it is the Kings. But um, I don't know. I think they may have been, might have been able to get something for, for debt there. My, my biggest loser is the Cavs. After going after Spencer Hawes, I mean, they also, landed the big name, but I just think it's stupid. They have no – Deng's going to leave after this year, so they got nothing for him. Even if you got a second round, second rounder for him this year, it would be better than getting absolutely nothing, and that's what's going to happen to them. So I really don't like it. All right, so before we get out of here, um, Danny Granger just got traded. That was kind of big news. <laughs> that was huge. That's what we were waiting for the whole time. This is, what, this is what we've been waiting for. It way too late. Yeah. Um, for Evan Turner, none less, no less. Yeah. I, I I love the move. What do you think? Anyway, off the bat, what's the top of your head? What are you thinking? I was really hoping that the 
the sick the um Pacers traded Danny Granger because I like Danny Granger a lot. I think he's a really good player and he needed to go because that's Paul George's team now and I think he has a lot to offer still. I think that's a great piece for the Sixers. I like him more than uh than Evan Turner and yeah. I think you look at him now on that team. That's a that's the kind of guy who Michael Carter-Williams, Nerlens Noel kind of gel around, I mm-hmm. think. He's a leader. He's a veteran. He's a good shooter. I think that's a great move for them. Yeah, I think it's a really good move. There's something I have to mention right off the top of this. Evan Turner signed through 2014-2015. He's set to make eight, over $8 million, almost $9 million next year. What about Lance Stevenson? This is a major wow. issue. You're right. Because that's – and they play the same position, and – you're right. I don't know about that. Lavoy Allen also went to Indiana in the deal. I do think that it is really weird, right? Now there's no money left for Stevenson. There's literally well, nothing left. Well, well, the thing with um, Turner will be he'll, prob- he'll probably play the three with Lance Stevenson at the two. Yeah, well, like they're going to have Granger him anchor did. the second unit, I'm guessing. Right. But. Well, Dan- I mean, Danny Granger played the three in the second unit, yeah, right? Yeah, but so he now wasn't playing very well. Right, Evan but now Turner it'll be Evan Turner. Be a nice addition for this team. Um, I, I, I do like what he brings. And Indiana's a team that already had title hopes. They wanted that last move to push them to the top. Now you get it with Evan Turner. I mean, this is um, as shocking a move, I think, as we'll I mean, we'll see in the last... We've seen really... In the, what what yeah. was the last move that really shocked you in the last couple of years? Uh, uh, let's see. Well, last year's deadline... It was, it was just Redick, basically. Right. It, wasn't, it really wasn't It wasn't much. anything big. It's been a while since there's been a great trade that... This is awesome. I just wish it had happened within our, our time slot. Right. That we could have we talked about... Um, we could have talked about it with anyone. Yeah. But um, that I mean, this is this is giant. I'm trying to get some. I think it puts them over the top. He's only 25, and like adding this guy to another, a young team that's already got great leadership. I really like that. I think Frank Vogel's gonna must just love that this happened. I, I'm he must be so excited for this playoff push. Well, I'm looking up some advanced metrics right now on uh, Evan Turner, and his offensive rating is way down at, at 97. Uh, point nine. Although everyone's really on that team is yeah. he's he's actually surprising. It's one of the best offensive ratings. Uh, defensively, he's allowing a lot of points. But um, I mean, you put him on, a, on the right team, and I think you know his his defense is going to be adequate. Yeah, on look the, at the rest Indiana of that team. Pacers. The defense is so good. What yeah. they need interior, is offense. Interior defense they need is really to, good with you know, them too. Push their offense to the next level, and this could really do that. It, it really could. Evan Turner c- can score the basketball. He. It's going to be weird for him too because you're essentially getting, you know, one one of the best I think st- shooting guards in the East. I'm not crazy for saying that, right? No, I don't think so. I think he's he's really great. I'm surprised he didn't go to the Bobcats, right. but this is way more surprising. Right. I mean, shooting guards in the East, it's it's kind of a, a, a narrowed down class, and now you're putting him as essentially like your sixth man, yeah. which is cool. I mean, though though I do agree, it's he's going to clash with Lance Stevenson a little bit. Yeah, I'm really worried about that because I and love also Lance, for the future, and too. I just love that team altogether. I think they're so much fun to watch, even though they don't always score a lot of points. Their defense is incredible. I love watching the Pacers, and I love Lance Stevenson. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him. I think this is the move that I thought Indiana might be the best team in the East. I think that this guarantees that it's Pacers eating seven games for the Eastern Conference Finals. I think so. I don't think it's necessarily seven games. I, I think the Pacers. Think the Pacers went in six or five. I, I think it's possible, and not only because of this trade. I know everybody's probably going to question it because I'm really biased and I don't really like the Heat at all. But I'm being honest when I say I truly think the Pacers could take them down quicker than that. 
All right, final thoughts before we get out of here on Evan Turner. On Evan Turner? Uh, I think this is a great move. And the I Granger, think, obviously. And Granger, Granger yeah. Too. Well, no, we're not going to talk as much about Granger because Philadelphia is not really – he's going to be gone after this right. year anyway. I, but I, I said, though, I think that's the guy that they can kind of gel around there. Yeah, hopefully for them. I think the best part about this, last year Evan Turner played every single game. In college, he obviously had that dunk he went up for, came down on his back, and he was injured. But other than that, he's been pretty durable. If, as long as he can stay healthy for the rest of this year and, and through the postseason, the Pacers are looking really good. It's going to be tough to stop them. All right, well, you can follow us at WFUV Sports on Twitter. It was a great show. I think this was a success today. It was fun, yeah. It was really I'm glad fun. glad we did it. Yeah, and um, thanks to Eric Mall and Matt Morrow in the back producing and engineering. Matt Morrow wasn't even, like, scheduled to engineer, but then he wanted to watch yeah. the hockey game, and then he said, ah, you know what, I'll just I'll help out. We really appreciate it. Yeah. And our guests, uh, Jared Zwirling of Bleacher Report, Jim Cabin of Bleacher Report, and... ESPN's True Hoop Network and Moke Hamilton of Basketball Insiders and SNY. You can follow them respectively at JP Cavan, at Jared Zwirling, at Moke Hamilton. Until then, it's going to be uh, a wait until next Wednesday for our next podcast. So hope you can join us then. Uh, we, we, we don't have a guest book yet, but I'm sure we will. And uh, yeah, thanks to all you out there who listen to this. Really appreciate the love. And at WFB Sports, you can call us up 347 903 WFUV to leave us a voicemail for a future show. Maybe what you thought about this trade deadline. Anyway, take it easy. Hope you uh, are, are still with some energy after this trade deadline. I know the Knicks aren't. <laughs>